Hey everybody, this is Davis over at the CFG, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of Pop Culture Gems. This is a series where we talk to amazing creators, artists, cosplayers, voice actors, and so much more. If you like the interviews we do uh, uh, with our amazing guests, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the CFG channel, or you can either go to our main website, confreaksandgeeks.com, to listen to this uh, or any podcast services out there. Today, I am talking to two awesome uh, uh, creators who made a really interesting documentary in the world of cosplay. They went to several different kinds of conventions, did several different kinds of pieces, and talked to several different kinds of cos awesome cosplayers and to into diving into the world. It's currently out now online called Cosplay Universe. You can pick it. You can pick it up today. I'd like to welcome Jonathan McHugh and Jordan Renner to the show. How are y'all two doing today? most excellent my friend thank you so much for having us on yep doing great <laughs> perfect perfect great deal great deal well first off uh uh just ha i have to immediately ask this uh because this uh, you usually don't see a lot of cosplay documentaries uh out there in the like in the ether but uh what got you two interested in making a documentary about cosplay uh it starts back about 2009 ish when my friend Patrick and I, uh, we had just graduated from college and we created our first documentary about the uh, Grant Morrison, the comic book writer. Um, and we just set ourselves on this path to make all kinds of documentaries in the world of comic books. We uh, documented Grant Morrison, Neil Gaiman. Um, we made a film called She Makes Comics. We interviewed Chris Claremont, the creator, one of the main creators of the X-Men. And we made a film called The Image Revolution or about uh, image comics. And that's when we met Jonathan. Uh, he helped us produce that film, The Image Revolution. So we've made all these different documentaries about the world of comics. And while making Chris Claremont's X-Men, we um, uh, met a bunch of really incredible Los Angeles-based cosplayers to help us tell the story of X-Men by filming some really cool X-Men cosplay. And we met Lauren St. Laurent then. She's a producer on the film. And she told us that at this moment in time, it was like 2013, that the cosplay community had just had this show called Heroes of Cosplay come out. And although the cosplay community liked certain aspects of it, the nature of the film was that it put everything into a reality TV uh, type of competition show. So Lauren was telling us how a lot of people in the community were somewhat frustrated that it didn't fully represent cosplay. And because we had made all these different documentaries about the X-Men, about fandom and comics, we were like, this is a cool challenge based off of what we've done before. So that was the catalyst. And Jonathan, I'll let you come in. You you also helped like get it off the ground. Yeah, so for me, it was like my backstory on Comic-Con Davis is that I wrote and produced a movie for Snoop Dogg. Um, and it was a hip-hop horror movie called... Uh, Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror. And we were picked up by Lionsgate. We were bought by another person then picked up by Lionsgate and they asked us to go to Comic-Con to promote the film. <clears throat> and Snoop and I hadn't really been there before. And when we got there, we realized that what's going on here? Like, is every day Halloween here? Like, you know, this is, <laughs> 10, this is 10 plus years ago, obviously. So the, the market hadn't matured to the level that it's at now. But um, 
didn't understand the whole nature of why people are doing this. And you look at it as like, these people freaks or what's going on here. But the event is so big and so massive and there's so much fandom on display. It just stuck in my head um, of how awesome it was. And the, my reference, obviously growing up as a Halloween, you know, every year you go Halloween trick or treating, but then you go to new Orleans for school and Mardi Gras is an amazing thing where one of the reasons I went to Tulane was they shut down the city for and school for four days to some, for something called Mardi Gras. I was like, well, how bad can that be? So I kind of got into the Mardi Gras culture, but never really cosplayed. And once Jordan, uh, I found out what they were working on, they were working on this history of cosplay thing. It was fascinating because I'm a history guy myself, but I was so interested in the modern current nature of it. And as Jordan and I started diving in and Jordan started showing me some of the footage he would get in the field, I was amazed at how the psychological nature of it and why people of opposite sexes would dress up as the other sex in different comic book, a hero or superhero or anime costumes. And some of the stories that we heard about how they try on these different personas to see maybe they want to do something else with their orientation was fascinating to me. So we kind of dove in there. We found a cosplay psychologist and we talked, we talked, talked about what they, their view of it. And it just kind of kept building and building and the layers of it, all the different, the nature of why is the anime culture different than the superhero culture? Like, so we tried to put all these together in an 82 minute movie and solve the riddle of how would it work together to blend? How do the scenes flow? And it truly is a, a, a puzzle art form where you literally put up cards on a, on a board, you know, index cards on a, on a board and just kind of move them around and see how the scenes go together and how the characters, some characters are, were in the movie and then better characters we found out there. And those characters took over the space. And so you get to a place where you get to an all killer, no filler situation, which I think our movie ended up as. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I was just kind of, uh, was wondering about that. Cause like it is, it, it, yeah, I was in the same kind of fascination too. When you kind of, when y'all were diving into certain people's like, you know, individuals backstories in, uh, the documentary and, uh, like how they took, how much more serious they were taking it beyond just, you know, it's not, it's not just costuming. It's like, it's like a way of living of like, you know, uh, uh people's personalities and things like that, which is, which was which is incredible uh but uh i also like i was wondering too like uh when when want when making this documentary like uh like who were the people you were wanting to like make cosplay universe for like is this for like the general public crowd or is this for someone specific like you know the like a crowd specific like who was well, this, this a documentary great, a great um and it's interesting for me who's more of a doesn't really have the depth of field of cosplay. Whereas Jordan in the comic book culture, he and his partner Patrick have made a number of films, as he said, about this culture. For me, I grew up as a comic book kid. And once I got to college, my brother sold all my comic books and I was out of it when I was going to college. Oh no. <laughs> he crushed me. Um, so, but the point is for me, I wanted to make it for the mainstream. And I wanted people to see, yes, there is a thing here that these people are freaks, that they're trying this, using this great art form as a way to build, make crafts. Um, they're better than many of the people making 
crafts, uh, making different uh, props for movies, like the level of like Svetlana, what she does and her boyfriend, Benny, it's incredible. And I was blown away by that. And also, as we said, the psychology of it was really interesting for me. So I wanted it. I brought a friend of mine who's an insurance executive. I brought him to one of the screenings we did. Uh, we debuted on the East Coast at a couple theaters and the West Coast and a couple theaters. And I brought him and it was an amazing room full of cosplayers from the local Long Island Comic Con. And a lot of people brought their parents who were young cosplayers. And the movie proved a validation for them, I think, to show, look, mom, like they made a movie about my people, right? And we're not a bunch of crazy, you know, freaks that we're like, this is the subculture that they're doing it. And I also made a subculture film about the hard rock culture, right? Which gets its own, you know, uh, beat down about, you know, why are these people moshing? Why do they have tattoos? Why do they have, uh, you know, all these piercings and long hair? And why are they banging their heads? And, and so you realize people use that music. They have very hard lives as therapy in a lot of times, right? It's their escape. They go to these music festivals as escape. Well, people go to Comic-Cons as escape, as a form of entertainment. So for me, that insurance executive loved that movie as much as some of these cosplayers. And that was really the validation for me that I, I was looking for. Jordan? Yes, I think to answer your question, who did we make the movie for? We made it. Yeah, we really did try. We wanted to make a movie that would appeal to both cosplayers and teach them where their art form came from in a really fun, compact, educational, but also humorous at times way. And we made it for people who have no idea what cosplay is to show people that this art form is here for you if you want it, or at least you can kind of get to the core and respect it because it's a hard art form to understand because a lot of what's happening for a cosplayer is happening on an internal level, like the act of being a really... Uh, attached to a character and then spending a lot of hard work to bring it to life is this ritual that transforms people's perspectives on themselves and you can really have these like unbelievable transformative confidence boosting experiences so we we wanted to show the mainstream like what the actual psychology is and why this is showing up right now in this time and expanding and become this global phenomenon so really, we made it for both cosplayers and for the mainstream. Oh, so that's good. And it was a nice, Davis. It was a nice balance of Jordan and I fighting for both with each other. You know, when you have two directors on a movie, as you can only imagine, we battled for years in the nicest of ways, I should say, about making sure the core is served. Because at the end of the day, if it doesn't work for the core in this world, you got nothing. It's not even worth making. So that mm -hmm. was a it was nice, nice to go back and forth on that. Yeah, that's well. That's definitely very, very true. And uh, what, like, uh, how, like this, the different kinds of like the conventions. How many conventions did y'all go to to get this? Like, I was just like y'all were all over the place. Y'all were in Los Angeles, then y'all were in Japan, Tokyo, uh, and uh, in New York. Like, how, like, how much, like the film, the amount of uh, a film, and the amount of like you know time must have been incredibly long like large of like with all this content like like how many how many conventions did y'all go to 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 kind of look into the to, to look into you know the, the world of cosplay uh yeah that's a really good question it's uh it's hard for me to answer because even some of this footage is from 
uh, footage that we had filmed for our previous film, She Makes Comics, which we had interviewed about, I think, like 30 people there. And we interviewed people frequently at different comic conventions. So my partner, Patrick, and I, in making these different comic book documentaries, had made basically a lifestyle of going to conventions and interviewing people and being curious that it's hard to say what was for this project, what might have been for that or the Chris Claremont project. Mm-hmm. I would guess me over over probably around like 20 to 30 different conventions. Mm. My Between goodness. those two films, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> well, was but, the uh, was Cosplay when you did Cosplay Universe when you went to Japan, was that specifically for Cosplay Universe itself? I mean, yeah, that's, that's a good story. So yeah, yeah, I was yeah. working on a movie with a Japanese rock star named Yoshiki who had a band called X Japan and they were kind of the glam rock of, um, of Japan in the nineties. Um, what was it called? Visual K was their type of uh, film, right? They called it. And anyway, we were in a meeting one day and I told him about this movie. He goes, well, you're going to shoot at the world cosplay summit, right? And I'm like, no, what's that? He goes, Oh, it's like the biggest competition in the world for cosplayers. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, it's in Nagoya, Japan. And I'm like, well, uh, yeah, we'd like to go, but we're barely scraping the movie together. And he's like, well, tell me, pitch me on it and maybe I'll uh, help you. So basically we pitched him on the movie. He came on board as an executive producer and helped us fund this trip. Um, and it was some of the greatest stuff in the movie. Um, Jordan found these, you know, we went in, we can, we literally contacted the American team and they kind of walked us, walked Jordan into it and then when jordan gets there he calls me he's like yo i met this italian team and this mexican team and and they got this whole thing where the the woman from mexico married the guy from italy and now they're a couple but yet she's the mentor to the mexican team who basically they worshiped her and so to me it's like the some of the funnest stuff in the movie and and that was how random life is that you just go there and you find it and that's what the great thing about documentary is you you're going this way and all of a sudden you're like wait we need to go this way because this way is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, is insane I, to say that that y'all that you y'all stumbled upon <laughs> by 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 pure because yeah that was amazing. I have to say only, that was really amazing. Not only that, well, I don't want to tell you what happened, but the three of them did okay in the competition for people who haven't seen the movie. So I don't want to get into that, but it yeah, worked out. Definitely, I'm still baffled how the people I ended up following like placed in the final in the final round. Uh, it was it was pretty cool. You, you could not plan that. You like literally could not plan that any better towards like the whole situation because the way you were like planning the like how you looked in the back, you know, behind the drapes of uh, the WCS itself, and like you showed different aspects in the in the different couple of teams and 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 stuff. It's like wow, it looked like it looked like like that y'all the, the fluidity just looked like y'all just planned that out like from 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 the you uh uh doing that but that's awesome that's great that y'all did yeah uh, I'm, that still, I'm still absolutely confused by that because that wasn't really a conscious decision it was more there's nowhere else for me to go <laughs> and then so i had to just be on the side of the stage but it ends up editing really well and a funny story too is um for the Nagoya trip, because, you know, this is an indie production, we did not have a massive budget to send everyone. Like, Jonathan wasn't even able, we couldn't afford to get him over to Japan. We had one, we had one other production assistant who was supposed to be running second camera for, like, the whole finals. Um, and they were a local. But something happened, and he got locked out of the final performance. Whoa. So our whole our second camera wasn't even there. 
it was just me uh, filming, doing, hoping to be in the right spot at the right time. But when you see the movie, it's kind of like miraculous how I always ended up luckily being there to like chronicle what happened. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm assuming that, I mean, like you were saying before, earlier before, before the, uh, uh, the, the interview here that, uh, you did, you didn't cosplay, but you are aware of it. And, uh, but like, uh, when y'all did this this project or this documentary itself, like, was there like anything that just kind of caught your eye or was like surprised about, like, wow, this is insane. This is more than meets the eye in this uh, in this world uh, uh, itself. Like, what, like, what was there something specific or was it like, like, what opened your eyes even more about when you when you were when you were diving into uh, uh, doing this document while doing this documentary, Jordan. Uh, yeah, I would say, well, I think John would probably agree. We were editing the movie and in t late 2015 or 2016, we saw the um, Tom from Extreme Costumes and Keys Hulkbuster. And we didn't know these people, but we were just like, how is that thing even possible? We just saw it like so many other people. It went viral because this 10 foot Hulkbuster was just like an incredible engineering feat that just was mind blowing to see. And we just we reached out to them, hoping they'd be interested in letting us show up. But it just felt like what was already in our story. If we didn't include that, like, how could we really have made like a definitive cosplay movie? Because that costume just like blew our minds. Yeah, I was like, Jordan, find that guy. Go find that guy. He's big. You should be able to find that guy. <laughs> he, he commands a room. Um, and that was a great that was another great thing, because. I actually went to Rhode Island. Jordan went to Rhode Island. We both did interviews for him and we got pulled more out of the guy every time. Like McGimber, we live in LA. So the fact that both of us went to Providence, Rhode Island, I think both of us in the middle of winter, um, was that there was something there about this guy and his vulnerability when you see it in the movie and how, what was the line, Jordan? He only felt right in a costume. What was that line? It was something like that. Oh, yeah. Well, I kept coming up from a lot of people, but the way that Tom said it was really um, authentic uh, that you feel. Oh, no, my best times ever have been in a costume. My happiest times ever have been in a costume, something like that. And so the costumes allow you to step outside of yourself. And that's kind of the movie. Right? If you really look at what we're talking about, and that's a really unique thing. Um, and I think something that we wanted to capture, I think the movie did get that across. Yeah, it def it, it most definitely did. Oh yeah, back to just like how bizarre and a, a a window into how this movie really came together was by you know chasing Tom's incredible engineering feat and costume, we ends up meeting Key, his assistant, and then I just vibed really well with Key, and Key led us in to hear their story, which was this way to show a whole other side of what cosplay can help you discover, like who you, who you really identify as, which is something our producing um, partner, Yaya Han, who also really helped with the project in a big way. She kept trying to explain to us as filmmakers that like the real passion, the thing that's incredible about cosplay is that it's freedom to create yourself. It's just like, she's kept, kept mentioning it's freedom. Like cosplay is this freedom to create yourself in any way you want. You can be guy, you can be girl, you can be robot, you can be a box, you can be anything. 
like it's just this really cool art community where you can totally be whatever it is that you want to give shape to just all that is holding you back as your own craftsmanship skills and if you have the drive you can power through that yeah that's Oh yeah, well, I mean, Yaya Han is like <laughs> like one of the big ones uh, 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 there, so most definitely. And uh, I mean, and the one things I, I really found very fascinating in this uh, in this uh, documentary, which, by the way, folks, if you have not seen it, definitely check out Cosplay Universe. There's a lot of cool little stories inside of it, and uh, and and some more in depth uh, of of things inside the background of of it. Uh, but was like the stories the background stories that you had that you uh, the interviews like you were talking about like uh with the i'm sorry uh the dude with the hulkbuster and uh but even like um the the mother of uh, the mother that had like three kids and their story it was is incredible to me uh, i was like wow that is like really cool that she found something to kind of you know do with her with her kids but at the same time like opening up herself and then amongst everything like some of this stuff is very very impactful like i mean was this would uh, and i know that y'all probably didn't get like every or all the interviews that you did inside this inside this documentary but like how often did you see or experience like store like like crazy like stories like that that's just that was like wow this is this is incredible yeah well i think i think by the end what we really what what how interesting story is we at some point while making this film me and jonathan realized as like two white male non-cosplayers we quite we didn't we couldn't fully tell the story without like help because we were just also like that we knew the film the at that point the edit of the film just like wasn't working you'd like watch and be like this is missing some stuff like we know that there's something great here but just missing stuff and that's where Yaya Han really helped us. We had kept her in the loop about making the project. Um, we initially approached her to be a more of like a talking hand head documentary, like academic to help take everyone through like the history. More of like the host of the movie, if you will. Narrator. Yeah. But um, she actually, when we had showed her the initial cut, she's told us that like one scene by far was better than everything else. It was like, it was really, it made her cry. It was that scene with um, Cynthia, the family, and how like they came together at the table. And she kind of came in as this like coach to us being like, that scene is magic and explains what cosplay is. But all the other scenes you have in the film aren't quite at that level. So that kind of like advice and perspective became like, all right, we're going to double down on all the stories that we feel like could get there and start shooting again with like everybody to try to bring all the scenes to that level that that scene was. And that's sort of what influenced us to go deep and get these. We really did follow up interviews, even including her. We had to coax her. We're like, we realized that your story, we had like a different version of her story at some point in there. But by the end, we just realized that like, her story with her mom and her mom not accepting her, that was like, that's kind of like the essence of not only her story, it's the essence of like cosplay, which is like, we just want to be accepted for this awesome art form that it is. Um, so that's what caused us to go in and go with these heavy interviews is like we were trying to chase, make all of our stories be as impactful as the family story. 
that's kind of how it came about. Uh, so I don't, I don't, we didn't really leave that too many other interviews that were super impactful on the floor. Uh, everything that was like a powerhouse interview made it into the film, which is, yeah. I think, I mean, like, that's probably sort of true. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, did y'all see like any, like, I mean, experience any of the other kind of, you know, factors that cosplay kind of introduced? I mean, y'all did kind of glaze over it, but I kind of think that like, uh, more like, I guess one of the big ones would be cosplay is, uh, is consent is a real big one, uh, I would say, or, you know, diversity in cosplay play itself. Like, was there any kind of full, like... Diversity was one that we really wanted more of. Um, we weren't able to get as much as we would have liked um, because what happens is once you lock into certain characters and then you keep adding more characters and, and key... I mean, diversity in the sense of, you know, between Yaya Han and Key, uh, obviously both being having you know, mothers and fathers that were not really digging their scene and, and they had to figure out their world and make a, make a play in, in the cosplay world. Um, so we, you know, we did as much as it, we could, uh, on the cosplay consent thing. I was always fascinated by that because, you know, women walking around in skimpy clothing, walking by frat boys is never, never a good thing. You know what I mean? So, uh, but we, we, you know, again, we had more of it in the, in the earlier cuts because, um, uh, and then, you know, it's funny while, while we were making the movie, me too happened and people kind of straightened their stuff out. Like they, like, they can't be pigs anymore. They got to be a little bit more normal. Um, so I think that the market itself, the world kind of corrected, but we still won't touch on it a little bit and just mention it. Yeah, I definitely, I would have liked more, more diverse stories, um, uh, as well. And what kind of happened with the edit was you end up getting just to have like we're all, I feel like we're a you become a slave in the edit to you have to like make sure that the the film flows really well. And we had to get rid of a bunch of scenes that we think were awesome, including one scene that we just threw up on TikTok because we're like, well, this isn't in the movie anymore. And that scene got two million views, which is crazy. Yeah, right. It's a story of this cosplay repair guy, which is a great story. But it just didn't flow into like how the whole story was weaving and that stuff. We, so it just shows that, yeah, a lot of awesome things did get cut, but it's, the film started to narrate what should kept be kept in because because of the flow. And Jonathan and I definitely that's the hardest part of this movie was trying to put all these scenes together and make it cohesive, because when you watch the movie, it does feel that way. But for 95% of the six years, it never felt that way. It felt like, oh, this is just slow and clunky and things. It was just somehow at the end, they all kind of flew together. I mean, y'all did an incredible job on cutting with uh, doing y'all's cuts uh, on it, I will say, because y'all y'all definitely made a perfect, like a good story, uh, like, you know, story throughout the uh, throughout the whole 80 minutes uh, along the way of, of uh, you know, introducing character people and stuff and other people like that uh in that in, in that world too uh but like uh, and it i know it's unfair for me to ask but like like what is there a piece inside this documentary that you're like i love like this is this is the one this is like this is my favorite part of uh of the document uh, uh of this uh of the of the cut like oh uh, that you would that you would like to like maybe 
say or admit. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, I love the World Cosplay Summit. I so wish I would have been there, but the movie kind of takes me there in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stuff that Jordan got with Key at the end that we talked about. You, I mean, I don't know if we want to do the spoiler alert. I mean, talk about it more, but. Um, oh, yeah. Let's do a spoiler alert. That that thing got to be pretty. Uh, yeah, I want I want to know. <laughs> I'll let Jordan tell the story because it's a great one about his conversation with Key, who we found through Tom, who we found randomly looking through somebody else's footage on who's that 10 foot guy walking through Comic-Con in New York. We should know that guy. Go oh, ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, I think, I think that's my favorite moment. I'm still, I got to guard the spoiler alert. I can't do it. I'm the person, I don't even watch trailers. Like things can't be spoiled, but, but it's my favorite moment. Cause the moment at the end where, Key has this really important, meaningful conversation with their mom. I hid behind a table because I didn't want to be in the room, but I had to make sure the cameras were rolling. So that's my favorite moment because it's just like it was just so absurd. I'm like, I'm, I'm you hid behind the table. Like, did she not know that she was getting filmed during all nope, this? Or totally did every every 20 minutes or so because they were watching the whole film together. I would pop up and just make sure everything was recording, and I go like. Like an elevator, like right down here. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that to me is um, a standout moment because that is uh, that's kind of like our our symbolic instructions from like a film perspective to the viewer, which is like this movie exists for everyone to show their family or show the people that don't quite get what cosplay is what it is, and I think it's mm-hmm. kind of meta and cool that that's the final scene is basically you like watch it happen in front of you yeah it was it was a very impactful scene i will definitely yeah i will definitely admit so that's great and uh uh got one last question for y'all too because i don't like you dodged a spoiler alert hey i don't have to do that's less editing for me for, for this that's cool so but uh uh but uh yeah you've you, you've been around the scene like the comic book uh and uh the comic book cosplay scene then with all the multiple conventions and everything and you were and uh and john you jonathan you were introduced to conventions uh with, from the from, from when you did the, the snoop dogg movie but like throughout this time like was there a favorite or did you have like a what like what are some of your favorite like places or uh are there events that you like to attend uh uh attend or uh, just for yourself uh or or just uh, yeah comic- i mean jordan is a much more active participant in this thing because as he said he'd been shooting films there for a number of years and also jordan has been getting paid to shoot content for people at the cons for me as a tourist going in um, I just love the colors and the creativity and the craftsmanship that people put together and they just go out there and parade. You know, it's like Mardi Gras is the same thing. People are just out there building costumes and they, you know, once a year they go out the, the equivalent of that, there's a thing in New Orleans called the Mardi Gras Indians, which is specifically a black, a black cultural thing. And basically Davis, they literally sew these incredible ornate costumes, hand sew all these incredible ornate uh, costumes and they go out two or three times a year and they parade Mardi Gras Indians, Mardi Gras this other day called St. Joseph's Day and a thing called Super Sunday. And literally all year long, these people sew and make and come up with the most vibrant, amazing feathered costumes. 
and it just blows people's mind and people from all over the world come to New Orleans and see it. It's kind of synonymous with the real Comic-Con craftsmen. Are we talking about and, like like are we talking about outfits kind of like carnival kind of style, or are we talking about something even more crazy? Yeah, I can send you some stuff to talk about. But if you just look up Mardi Gras Indians New Orleans, you'll get it. It's an incredible culture, and it's mostly an African American. It is only exclusive in African American culture, um, but there's music attached to it, and brass bands, and 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 parading, and dancing, and it's like, and that's what my kind of cosplay is, if you will. I just relish seeing what these people do. And it's art, right? All you can say is the real craftsman. If you look at that poster behind Jordan, the things that these people have all built and every one of those costumes you see are hand built by those people. Um, and that's art, you know, so it's actually moving, flowing art that people can touch, film, take pictures of. And obviously as social media rose, cosplay rose. Why? Because it's the ultimate social media art form. People go out, get their stuff taken photos of, you know? And I think that's amazing that people just really want to spend that time and energy making costumes. And then there's the deeper psychological level that we spoke about earlier, how what it can really do to transform someone's uh, persona. Well, that's great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, how, about, how, about, uh, how about you? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, Jordan. Uh, yeah, well, be- in making all these different movies, it's definitely a ritual at this point for myself and my um, filmmaking partner, Patrick, and a bunch of us to go to San Diego Comic-Con every year. It's just like, becomes like the summer summer break. It's like the demarcation point of the year. Like, oh, Comic-Con's here. So now we know where we are in the year. <laughs> um, so that and getting to go to Dragon Con uh, was not featured too extensively in the film but it is a little bit but i think um for those dragon con to me is like this outlier it outlier it it stands out because it's a very organic very southern hospitality feel that comes from atlanta's own culture like it just feels like it's a really that's the one i i would say if like people had to go to one comic con in the united states it would be that one um it's not a comic con but dragon con is so unique because it's just it feels like this convention that is partnered both with the fandom culture and the community itself and they just merges and it just becomes some hybrid between a, a normal convention and i don't know i, I want it just it's own spectacle i feel like if you had to go to one i would go to dragon con because it stayed with me that's awesome. Uh, and uh, uh, before I let you go, uh, where can folks check out Cosplay U- uh, uh, Cosplay Universe? Uh, it's on many of the uh, platforms. Amazon is a main one. Uh, iTunes is another. Uh, Voodoo, uh, Jordan Water, some of the others. Yeah, uh, I'll say it again. It's Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Voodoo, Xbox, and Google Play is where mm-hmm. you can watch it. You can rent integrated you know, into YouTube. Yeah, you can rent it three ninety nine, four ninety nine. Um, well worth eighty two minutes, and the cu- the price for the price of a latte, you can be transported <laughs> into another world. That is perfect. Yeah. Uh, That's man. True. <laughs> Jonathan Jordan, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, really, really fun talking about about this uh, about this awesome project that y'all did. And um, folks, uh, once again, like I said, it, I urge y'all to go check out Cosplay Universe. This is a really interesting documentary that I think you will definitely enjoy. 
it's all on uh on all these different kinds of uh uh, uh, uh online so there's absolutely no excuse for you to not watch it uh, watch this out but uh but once again if you like the interviews that like the, uh, such as this one that we did always go to our website confreaksgeeks.com to check out some awesome uh awesome content and uh check out some awesome thi- uh, things and reviews and such but uh once again this is Davis signing off y'all Take it easy. Perfect. And...